Well, hey, again, this is Ken Pierpont. It's time for stories from Bittersweet Farm. Today's story is a favorite of mine. It's from, it's chapter 17 from my first book, Sunset on Summer. And I called it Red Dot Days. The house is quiet. Soft instrumental music floats easily from the speakers in the dining room. Candles burn on the mantle on the table and on the table. The home is filled with a pleasing aroma. The children are reading except for the second oldest boy who's concentrating on a game of chess with dad. Mom's working with the girls on a beautiful quilt. It'll be a gift for a favorite missionary couple in Alaska. Dinner's been cleared away, and the oldest girl's now setting the table for a very special dessert. It's cake with pineapple and orange frosting. Coffee for dad and the older boys tonight is a special almond flavor. The scent of it wanders around the house. The phone rings, but the ringer's low and no one moves to answer it. Before bedtime, the music will quiet and the games and dishes will be cleared away. The family will gather in front of the fire and enjoy a time of prayer and sharing. Hearts will be open and dad will read them the Bible. And then everyone will kneel for prayer before bedtime for the younger ones. The older ones will spend another hour reading a classic novel aloud. Mom works on some thank you cards. When the fire burns low, the family secures the house for the night. It's not always been this way. A few months ago, this same family rarely ate a meal together. Everyone had their organizations and events, church, hobbies, community, and school. No time to be a family. One fall day in a campground in Kentucky, the family sat around a fire and they discussed the direction they'd been taking. Earlier that day, they'd been looking at memory books and photos of the family. It was a, it was a bittersweet time. The pictures were a painful documentation of how sweet days of childhood slip quickly away. Their times to be together as a whole family were quickly slipping away. If any changes were going to be made, they were going to have to be made soon. That night, as dad and mom lay in their sleeping bag, they prayed. They prayed that somehow God would allow them to have more times like their autumn weekend in the mountains. They prayed that they would have more times all together as a family with no distractions or interruptions, plenty of talk, just being together, laughter, and time to pray and talk about important things. They prayed for more time to cement into place in the hearts of the children the things that were important. And soon the tent was quiet, except for the children's soft breathing. And outside the tent, a softer whisper of wind in the pines on the ridge overhead, crickets, frogs, and the constant gurgle of the water winding over rocks in the stream lulled most of the family into sleep. Dad got up quietly and slipped on a sweatshirt. He walked along the stream until he found a stump where he'd started the day with his Bible. His soul was very quiet, and he had a clear sense that something vital was going on inside his heart. He leaned back his head, and he drank in the dark outline of the mountain against the night sky. Since he'd been a little boy lying on the front porch of his grandfather's farmhouse, He'd always thought about the vastness of God when he gazed into the night sky. It was a cloudless night, and the stars were brilliant overhead. He breathed slowly and let his lungs fill over and over again with a cool, fresh mountain air. 
He felt as if every breath expelled more of the frustration and confusion that had clouded his heart over the past months. He was busy, and he felt he was not in control of his life. He tried to deny it, but when he was honest, he knew his family was slowly growing apart. They were all going their separate ways, pursuing their own interests. They were passing like ships in the night on their way to distant places. Late that night in the mountains, a vision formed in his soul. He gazed into the starry heavens, and everything became clear. He knew what he was to do. He stayed out listening to the music of nature, the owls, the brook, the night insects. For another hour, he spoke quietly with God, making vows as serious and as binding as he had ever made. And he knew from that night forward, things would never be quite the same again. Before he made his way slowly back down the mountain, he knelt and he prayed out loud. Oh God, he begged. Forgive me for my foolish pursuit of empty things, and forgive me for my selfishness. Forgive me for ever thinking I could compensate for the emptiness in my soul by filling my garage with toys. Forgive me for ever thinking the gifts and privileges I buy for my children could ever replace my time and my love for them. Forgive me for worshiping things and using people and neglecting you. I repent. Tears ran down his upturned face. Let my children see how much I love you. Let them see how much I love their mother. Let them see how I love each of them more than life itself. When he rose from his knees, his heart was light and his mind was clear. He made his mind up his mind that he would not talk about what he'd purposed in his heart to do that night. But when they got back to town, changes were made. He began to say no more. He chose to do without a number of expensive trinkets that forced him to work overtime. He resigned from a board and a couple of organizations. He sold some things and took a load of unused things to the goodwill. He organized his life and his schedule and made time for the most important things in his life and the most important people. And the changes caught on. With a little encouragement, the children began to throttle back on their outside pursuits. A week after they returned home, he stopped by an office supply store on the way home from work, and he bought a little package of adhesive red dots. Those red dots would change his life. That night, they all sat in the living room and marked a day, a week on the calendar with red dots. No one would accept any appointments or outside engagements on red dot days. The phone would not be answered on red dot days. The television would stay off on red dot days. No one would go out and no one would be invited over. Red dot days were sacred family time set aside for the family alone. The girls would always plan special food. The boys made sure there was wood for the fire. Mom always tried to create a special atmosphere in the home for family nights. In the summer, they made a deal with themselves that they would watch the sunset on Lake Michigan at least 10 times. Over the years, the family collected a whole cupboard of games and a heart full of treasured memories. And all the children would grow up and leave home and form families of their own. And each of the children would cherish memories of these simple, quiet, unhurried family times. Each of them will have red dot days in their own families. And years from now, when the driveway fills with cars, and the grandchildren scamper in with their cheeks aglow, the cold and excitement of the holiday. The red dot days are what the family will remember the most. 
old photos and old videos will come out again. Tears will flow. We'll sing the old songs and laugh and cry and stay up late. Remember the nights that bound them together in love and forged their character and laid the foundation of their values. And the house will quiet in the evening and all the grandchildren will circle their grandfather and he'll weave a tale that will keep them all silent in wonder. Before the fire dies on the hearth, he'll tell his favorite story. You know, the one about a quiet, starry autumn night on a mountain in Kentucky many years ago. And then they'll all kneel together and they'll pray. Now that's the story from out on Bittersweet Farm, where every day is a beautiful day and a little light in the kitchen is always on.